Hi everybody! Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Bea. <laughs> I feel like I always forget to introduce myself, but yes. Hi, my name is Bea. And um, if you're new here, this podcast is about re-evaluating our ideas and our beliefs. You know, taking a second look and doing a double take on ourselves. So, on the show today, we're actually doing a double take on religion. Particularly the Christian faith. So, never thought I would discuss religion on this podcast, or at least this soon into the show, because I have very little knowledge about it. I grew up in a non-sectarian school. Although my parents are quite religious, they never kind of imposed, um, you know, they were never strict about practicing Catholicism. And I guess you would call me a backsliding Catholic. And of course, I still pray and I still believe in God, but I do it in my own terms and, you know, the way that I want to worship my personal God. And for me, there was always kind of a disconnect when it came to religious teachings and how I was experiencing life. I'm sure some of you have experienced, you know, going to Mass and then sitting through sermons that were a little bit unrelatable or maybe difficult to understand and sometimes even offensive, right? And obviously, this is not everybody's experience. Maybe it could be the church I go to. It could be because I didn't go to a Catholic school that maybe I don't have a deeper um, understanding of Catholic teachings, and maybe that's why I don't have a closer relationship to God. But our beliefs are influenced by the things that we go through in life, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with. And because the things that we experience in life show us our truth, it then shapes our values and our beliefs. And there are moments in life when things happen that go against everything that you've believed in. And it takes immense courage to be able to realize and accept that some of your truths are no longer true anymore. And sometimes that happens. But it takes a lot of fearlessness to question those truths. So our very special guest today was able to do that. Her name is Monica. And imagine how she was a devout Christian. And actually, she still is Christian. But imagine being a leader in, th- in that church and serving in that community. And then all of a sudden, having to question everything that you've thought to be true. And are no longer aligned with the person that you want to become. Just a disclaimer, this episode is going to be a little bit challenging to listen to if you are strongly committed to Christian doctrine, but I really would just like to invite you to listen to her beautiful story. It's napakagaling niya pa magkwento. <laughs> and also, I have to put a trigger warning. We touch briefly on non-consensual sex, so if you are not comfortable with that, feel free to, you know, skip out on this one. <laughs> So yes, this is Monica's story, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, 
Monica. Welcome to Project Double Take. <laughs> and you know, I have Hi. to say, I have to say the best things about this podcast that I really love is that I get to meet strangers through it. So yes. it's such a blessing to be able to finally know you. Yes, girl. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but how are you? Yeah. How are you today? Wow, that was a a very simple question, but I don't know what to answer. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I feel like this is gonna be a therapy session. It yeah. kinda is actually. It really kinda is. <laughs> I'm warning you now. <laughs> We're gonna get deep, girl. We're gonna get deep. Oh um, my gosh, I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Miss Monica, can you Miss? introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Monica. <laughs> I'm Monica Tawide. It's not Tawide. It's Tawide. <laughs> Did someone I'm, actually say Tawaid? Yes. Oh yeah. my. <laughs> and um, I'm from Cebu. I'm 22. I recently graduated BS Psychology from University wow. of San Carlos. But I did not get to, you know, join the graduation because of the lockdown. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much me. We'll get deeper <laughs> when we yeah. talk. You're that kind of person who is upfront. You can tell they're so interesting. And it's really also your energy, girl. Shut up! <laughs> we haven't even talked yet! Bye! I Thank love you! you. <laughs> like you. My oh, cancer I is jumping out. <laughs> I, I, my, my, yeah. my feelings. <laughs> yes! I love it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned earlier when I asked you about what you were passionate about, you mm-hmm. mentioned that you have very strong feelings for religion. So, yeah. okay, girl, tell us why. Oh my gosh. Where do I start? Okay. <laughs> so I'm half Iranian. So I grew up a Muslim until... Um, But it wasn't a man very strict. My dad didn't force me to do anything. We didn't really go to the mosque. He didn't really force me to read the Quran. So I was familiarized with the teachings, but I wasn't really following closely. And then when I moved here, I became a Catholic because I think by default, (laughs) you become a Catholic. And then I had to be baptized because of like papers and birth certificates. So I had to memorize like the Apostles' Creed and everything. And then like a grown ass woman <laughs> getting <laughs> baptized. <laughs> Just like a... Sh- How old were you? Baptized. I, I mean, I wasn't like a grown ass woman. I think I was um, 13. Oh, yeah. but you were, you were pretty developed. Yeah, I was <laughs> developed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then... um. After that, my mom was like um, searching for like this particular religion because she said like she grew up with this religion. And I was like, where do we search for it? And then she was just searching like, are you familiar with the term Sabadista? Oh, that- I, maybe I, it's, it's the first time I think that. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's Desire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, she was thinking maybe born again Christian. And then it's a funny story how be- we became Christian. So... We were selling this aircon AC and then a man just messaged, I mean, called my mom. He was like, hey, this is pastor so-and-so. And then we're inquiring about your aircon. And then like at the back of my head, I was like, why do you have to like say your pastor? Like, <laughs> anyway, I mean, like I love him to death, but like, I was like, wow, strange. You really had to say that. And then my mom was like, oh my gosh, you're a pastor. Okay, come over. Um, you can look at the aircon. And then when he came over, he was like, 
yeah, okay. And then my mom was like, I've been searching for like a pastor and like this and like that. And then we had like a Bible study. And I remember it was on December 21, 2012. That was supposed to be the end of the world, right? Like December 21. I, like, <laughs> I love yeah. how you had to point that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was okay. like, is this symbolic? I don't know. And, yeah. then, and then we became Christians. And then, uh, yeah, since 2012, I became a Christian and I backslid and I became a Christian again and I fell away and I became a Christian. And then right now, <laughs> hmm, well, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to believe I'm a Christian, but uh, there's just some particular teachings that I'm just not a big fan of. Um, some teachings that I feel like do more harm than good. Teachings that give young vulnerable girls or even boys like PTSD I guess and um, it's just very harmful and you ask these people like where did it say in the bible that you have to do this and that and um, they come up with all these the bible said and like this and like that but they never really answer your question and yeah so I'll stop there (laughs) okay (laughs) from there I actually already have so many things that I want to (laughs) ask Okay, but hold on. You were formally, you formally became part of all those religions. In Islam, you don't get baptized. But yeah, for Islam, by... how is it? What officiates you to be part? Honestly, I I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it was just like I was born into the family. So I'm a Muslim now. So yeah. And when my dad found out I became a Christian, he wasn't like angry or anything. But he just said like, don't tell anyone you are a Muslim because like you're not supposed to like change religions. I guess when you're a Muslim, you should say mm. Muslim because uh, you can't become a Christian like that. Or like um, it's very extreme. So you're going to get killed if you say you were a uh, Muslim and then you became a Christian mm-hmm. so just don't really mention it but I was like okay whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah interesting yeah. that that he he told you to keep it to yourself for your own safety um okay first of all why I mean the fundamental why of you choosing making the decision to switch religions what pushed you to to do that honestly I was just carried away I I mean, growing up, I always knew there was a God. And then I wasn't really particular with which prophet. Was it Muhammad? Uh, is it Jesus? Is it um, anybody else? I wasn't really particular with that. It's just that when I grew up, I wasn't uh, really taught about Islam. So, like, I would read the Quran, but it's in Arabic. And then sometimes it's translated. But I was too young to understand what was yeah. really taught in Quran. So um, when I moved here and then we had the Bible study, I was still reluctant because like, mm-hmm. um, honestly, like I had this pride in me that I was a Muslim. And especially mm-hmm. when I moved here and then I see like all the Americans and all the whites, yeah. I'd be like, ugh, <laughs> damn, ew. I, I had that in me, even as young as I was. I was like, we're in Middle East, we hate the whites, we don't like the whites, and yeah. we're Muslim. So even when I moved here and even when I became a Christian, um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I still wasn't like, okay, like my mom is a Christian and then she wants me, me to be a Christian. And we had a prayer and then I professed my sin and I professed my, um, my allegiance to Jesus. So I'm, I'm a Christian, but I, I didn't really know about it. But, you know, I had the feeling inside me that there was a God. Mm-hmm. And um, 
when I became a Christian in 2012, I started reading the Bible and then I started believing that, yeah, maybe um, this Jesus guy is the right guy. And like uh, even before, just to backtrack, even before I became yeah. a Christian, uh, when I was a Muslim and I went to a Christian school because my mom was like, because I had a hard time adjusting in the Philippines. So I had mm. to switch schools a lot of times. And I didn't really know how to speak English. And I was used to in an all-girls school in Iran. So when I moved here, I was so shocked by how boys are. I was like, this is how boys behave? And (laughs) yeah, and (laughs) it was so new to me. So I had to switch schools because it was so hard Mm -hmm. for me to like adjust. And then I moved to this Christian school. And then um, unfortunately, I didn't have the best experience there. So it was... um, more reinforced that Christian people are just not good people and they're just mm. like bad people. And but I had this tutor. Um, she used to come in our house and she used to teach me like English and everything uh, from the Christian school. And then she would talk to me about Jesus. And like when she talks to me about, G- about Jesus, she would like almost cry. And I could feel that it's so genuine and she would be like, Jesus died for you and Jesus loves you and Jesus did this and Jesus did that. And I'm like, Mm. wow, okay. (laughs) And so growing up, I I just remembered how like, you know, she talked about Jesus and when I became a Christian, I was like, "Uh, is it really like, and then I was like, yeah, that lady kind of like instilled that in me that Mm -hmm. Jesus is good and Jesus is love and all that. And um, 2012 and I start reading the Bible and I go to um, um, Bible study uh, every week and then I would attend church every Sunday and then also go to church every Tuesday and I was like still young and I was going through a lot at that time and I was very young I was processing everything because like the reason that uh, we moved here was because my parents were kind of like separating So I had a lot going on then and then financially we weren't really doing well. So I I had to like latch on to that hope that there is a God and I will be okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that in mind, I I would pray to God and I would say like, God, I love you and God, you're everything and that's it. And um, I put all my faith in you and you're going to help me and you're going to help my family and you're going to keep me and my mom safe and all that. And I would pray all these things and later realize that they were coming true. And and uh, I would think to myself, like, maybe God is real. And then I backslid when I moved to college and I started like going to parties and I started becoming a bitch, basically. um, (laughs) With that environment in that school, like people are like the rich people, the elitista. And I wasn't like that. Um, the only edge I had that I was tall and I looked far in so people would assume that I was rich and I just wanted to fit in, you know. So I didn't really like say that I was Christian. I really didn't rub it in people's faces that I was a Christian. So I kind of like backslid. And after that, I came back again. I moved churches and I started becoming a part of this mega church in Cebu and everything was fine. And they were like, you know, the modern like lights and production and everything. The pastors are very charismatic and they're young people and everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. And I'm like, whoo, wow, I want to be a part of this. Like, you know, I... I never thought church would be this good and this fun, you know. So I started becoming a part of that church. And until now, I, I, I love the people there. I love my leaders. 
So every time I talk about religion, I just want to make sure that um, when people from my church hear it or any Christian hears that, it doesn't mean that like I, I hate the church or I'm the Antichrist or I hate the people. I, I love them so much. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for them. But there are just some teachings that I don't agree with. And there are just some things that I don't agree with. But it doesn't mean that I love them any less. Anyway, so um, I started becoming a part of that church around 2015. And then there was this church camp. And I'm not sure if you were a part of this church camp. But church camps are like a very more intimate um, gathering. It's an intimate setting. And there's like oh, like 100 or 50, 60 of you. And then you just spend the day, like spend three days together, uh, worship every night, and you see some crazy things like people screaming and people crying and on their knees and rolling and everything. So I was like, damn, what the hell is going on in here? But I was like, this thing's real, for real. Like, what? how is this happening? There must be like a spirit. Like, how? I don't understand. But at my first church camp, I did not really experience um, being touched by the spirit or slain by the spirit or, you know. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. So I was looking from like outside in. And then the next year I, uh, I joined, joined the church camp, it started happening to me. I was like screaming and crying and just like shaking and everything. It was like I couldn't control it. I was like shaking and people were starting to come near me because I couldn't control myself anymore. I felt like I was like possessed by the Holy Spirit. So people started coming and they were praying over me. And then they had this white cloth that they put over me. I don't know to calm me down. And then like I started coming down and I had this church leader that I loved so much and she uh, came near me and she whispered in my ear like, Monica, I'm here. I'm with you uh, like this. Um, I love you. Jesus loves you and all that. And, like After that experience, I was like, damn, is this real? This is real because like this experience, I, I don't think um, it's just emotions or if it's like chemicals in your brain. And it, it couldn't be that. It must be something greater. And yeah. My story is all over the place, but uh, there were <laughs> some experiences that I would feel like it's real to me. And I can't explain it to anybody unless they experience it for themselves that God is real or that um, Jesus is real or that the Holy Spirit is among us. So no matter what I say right now, I know deep in my heart that there is a higher being, that there is a Holy Spirit and that's it. But what I'm questioning is the teachings and the leaders and the motive behind um, the church or even the Bible itself. Uh, I, I like people say like the Bible is 100% real and it's the word of God and it's from the breath of God. But I, I come to think of it. I mean, it was passed down to us for thousands of years and people had to, you know, translate it and it gone through so many other people and you don't know who, who it had gone through and I would tell myself like no I mean it's God's book it's God's will whoever it went through and um, what we have now is still the product of what God wants us to know it's probably like you know it's still safe and all that but I was still thinking to myself really really hmm. <laughs> but yeah 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 that's it <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, yes. I really admire you because at such a young age, you were already able to kind of figure out that there were things that you didn't agree with. 
And I, you know, as you were telling me your, your story, it was like a lot of moments like that where you were figuring out what you believed in. And I think that's, that's really hard to do because, you know, religion isn't, isn't just religion. It's a whole culture, right? So I think it was also you coming to the Philippines and things shifting for you, you know, in your family and in your environment. I think that was one of the things that brought you to questioning your beliefs also and finding kind of grounding yourself with God and embarking on that spiritual journey. Um, personally, for me, I I don't know a lot about religion. And so I, I kind of, I don't share my opinions about it because I feel like I'm not qualified to talk about it because I just <laughs> I just don't know a lot about religion. So I think it's it's so amazing for you to be able to have that kind of certainty within yourself that no, I don't believe in this, I believe in this and you're you're just really able to question a lot of things and you have that kind of confidence to question, you know, things that that have been um that way for a long time like the Bible like you said, it's been passed on for so long. And I think it's amazing that you are not afraid to question it. And so I guess my question for you is, when you became a Christian, I mean, you experienced something really, really spiritual in that camp. So why? <laughs> I mean, that was a positive experience for you. I mean, that's what I understood. Um, just a backstory. When I went to that camp, I was depressed. But at that time, I wasn't diagnosed. I was just self-diagnosing. But I knew deep in myself that I was depressed. I had um, suicidal tendencies. I had very dark thoughts. And I I gone through a lot uh, at that time. So when I joined that camp, when I had that experience, I felt like the spirit of depression left my body. Because as what I understood um, back then, that depression is just a spiritual warfare that um, you can battle it with prayer and all that. So when I had that experience, I felt like, oh, maybe it's um, the uh, spirit of depression leaving my body. That's why I had the reaction. And then like, like the Holy Spirit was trying to calm me down, whatever. Like it was a spiritual warfare within me. So I took that as a positive experience. And um, after that, I was still depressed. <laughs> so uh, I was like, oh. What was yeah. that? What was going on? <laughs> were you were you confused because it went away for a while and then it came back? How did that kind of affect how you saw your faith? Yeah, it, it was a very bad time for me because mm-hmm. I felt like I was depressed because I wasn't praying much, because I wasn't doing much, because I wasn't serving much, because I wasn't loved enough. Because, yeah, I wasn't enough and I had to go through that suffering and people would justify like you're going through that suffering because God loves you and he thinks that um, you're strong enough to handle it and all that. But I mean, I was 18. I was 18 that time and I I was going through a whole identity crisis and I felt like I didn't belong in church. And for the longest time, I I felt like I did not belong in church. And I was so insecure. And I would serve every Sunday. I would 
be waking up early and going to church and setting up and everything. I would be there the whole day. I would serve. I would please my pastors and I would please everyone. And then after I would go home and I would feel empty. And, you know, like there's this feeling that when the church service ends and it's time to go home, I would feel empty. I'm like, no, I don't want to go home. I want to stay here because honestly, it felt like a distraction more than it was a healing experience for me. I was just distracting myself with hard work. But the motivation behind it, I guess, like, you know, serving the Lord, I mean, it was there, but it was mostly for me to distract myself, to overwork myself. And like, I would just feel so empty when I go home. I would feel like, okay, fired up uh, when I go to church services, but I would feel so sad when I go home, so drained when I go home. And it was bad. And I felt like I couldn't fit in. I didn't fit in. Everybody was happy. Everybody was prayed up and they were thriving and um, there were miracles and testimonies like God did this for me and God did that for me. And I would be there depressed and I would look at everyone and be like, I'm alone. Nobody talks about depression. Nobody talks about mental health. And I had this friend. Uh, I still have this friend. <laughs> but this friend said like one time, you know, Mons, sometimes I pretend to be depressed so I can relate to people. And as much as I didn't want to take it against her because it would, uh, you know, maybe she didn't, she wasn't educated as much. It hurt me so much <laughs> for her to just pretend that she was depressed so that she could relate to people. Meanwhile, I was like struggling. And yeah, like the church talks more about like, what's God's will for you or dating and purity culture. They would focus on all these um, things. I mean, like they're important, but you say like you want to help people, but you're actually driving people away from the church with how you're behaving. It feels like a cult. It feels like um, brainwashing. It feels like an organization, a multi-marketing scheme that you just have to bring people and you have to fill the room. But then what are you doing? And you think that you're uh, ministering to people but you don't even understand where they're coming from. You're detached. You're detached from reality and you read the Bible all the time. You stay in your bubble of Christian friends, exclusively Christian, because you don't want to be unequally yoked with the people of the world. And I was there. Uh, I was in church and I would hear stories of like people dating non-Christians. And I would be like, oh, really? They date non-Christians and they were just like Catholics, you know, they were still Christian. But I, would be, I, like, I feel like I was conditioned to think that if you're dating someone outside of church, you're already like backsliding. And it took me like until last year to learn that. No, actually, it doesn't work like that. And yeah, you know, um, the church, um, it makes you feel alone sometimes. And I don't want to take it against the leaders because, you know, they must not know what they're doing. They like the intention behind it, the motive, motive behind it is good, you know, saving people and all that. But sometimes it gets repetitive and it, got, it becomes like a routine. And then, you know, you don't talk about uh, mental health or you don't talk about sex education. You don't talk about, you know, all that. And there are so many issues that I realized after so many years of having that teaching engraved in my mind and my heart. And it took 
just last year for me to realize that everything I believed in wasn't actually the truth because the church preaches that fear is not from God. God is not the author of confusion. But the entire time I was there, I was confused and I was in fear of doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, behaving the wrong way, dating the wrong person, and being the wrong person. You know, I was in fear at all times and I felt like an outcast because I was suffering with mental health issues and people would just say like, you know, it's all in your head, just pray or let me give you my essential oils, maybe they will help you. And um, it took a lot from me to actually correct these people out of love even though they were older than me and say like Ate, it's not like that or like Kuya or sir and I mean like this is real it's not just anything spiritual I mean sometimes these people don't realize that I was like that before I would talk about like you know Jesus loves you and all of that and I, I was even detached from reality for the longest time and I didn't even realize that so I don't take it against these people that they they're like that and sometimes they feel obliged to say something because you opened up to them when in fact I just want someone to listen to me and hug me and not be distracted and look left and right when I talk to them like you know what I understand that you want to be nice because Jesus said so but if you feel like it's an obligation then don't do it please it's not helping anyone and you're just wasting your time you're wasting my time so yeah I, I don't know. What was your question again? <laughs> I was just going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I love it. I love it. I'm just learning so much. You know, I can tell. I can tell that you really want to love it. You really want to be part of the church. And the thing that you said, it hit so hard that, that you find it more of a distraction than healing. That, whoa, that is so deep. <laughs> Like, the way that you've been talking, I can really tell that you're so passionate and that you love your church, you love all your pastors and, and your leaders, but you don't feel like you belong. And I definitely resonate with that. And I think that's also why I'm not, I'm I'm an agnostic, I feel like, because I really don't feel like I belong also. And I agree so much with what you said that, they don't talk about things, especially with mental health. As someone who struggles so much with my mental health, I don't think I've ever felt seen <laughs> whenever I go to, to church because, yeah, they never talk about that. But I think that it could be that they've just been following what they've been taught, like you said. I don't want to be disrespectful or anything, you know. <laughs> but no. yeah, I I can really feel how much that you love religion and I mean, you know, Christianity. And I feel for you. I, I just I want to I want to hug you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I wish they did talk more about mental health. And it's not just Christianity. Because I, I am a Catholic. I didn't mention that. But for you, I want to talk more about first kind of the shift in what happened to you inside. Did you face any challenges in the process of kind of stepping away from Christianity? Was there Was there any difficulties that you had to face in making that transition? Yeah, actually, a lot of difficult challenges. It started 2018. And during that time, I was living my best life. 
I was uh, recognized by my pastors by being like a good servant. And actually, like they even gave me like an iPad. It's like a tr- like a tradition in our church. Like every year they reward someone. And that year it happened to be me. And I'm not like bragging. It's going <laughs> to lead to somewhere. Okay. It's going to lead somewhere. <laughs> I thought no, you were I'm not bragging about the iPad. <laughs> yeah, I got an iPad. Yeah. What does your church give you? What is your church? I'll go there. <laughs> But yeah, so, um, you know, I was at my like highest Christian girl level. I was at my peak. I was like the best Christian, Christian. girl ever. But um, I was in this friend group and we were really close and we would like gather almost every week and we would have like a mini Bible study. And that was like really cute. Honestly, I still miss it. Um, and then in our friend group, there's this um, guy and he's like, months just younger than me and I treated him as like a younger brother and we were best friends and I loved him dearly and honestly at that moment I would do anything for him because like I saw myself in him and he was also like struggling with family matters and you know depression but he's not diagnosed but like I could feel it now but like don't do this but like I I understand and um so you know he was this sad boy and you know me as being this Christian girl and as someone who's experienced it before and who always wanted someone to you know reach out to her and be there always so I did that for this guy so I would do anything for this guy to feel better and I I I you know, I did everything for him. And like one moment led to another. And then suddenly, it was a very toxic situationship. And it's my first time to actually open up about this. I was very vague about this for the longest time. Okay, so you it's don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, this quarantine <laughs> has actually made me ready to talk about it. <laughs> and I, I feel like um, if anyone could hear this, it would actually be a little insightful. And so I, I had this very toxic situationship with this guy and it was uh, sexual in nature. And it happened that I wanted to stop. Um, it didn't lead anywhere. It didn't go too far. It was just, you know, like holding hands and all that. And like, it was still there. Pop. And I remember I reached out to my two girlfriends and I said, like, hey, I need your help. And um, so we were in the car. It was me and this guy beside me. And then um, the two girls at the back. And I was like, hey, so this guy and I did this. And like, we need help. Because I'm big on accountability. I need to tell someone. So this person checks on me. So I don't do anything crazy and all that. So um, I tell these people. And. My friend, this is the same friend who said that I pretend to be depressed. This is the same friend. She starts crying. She starts sobbing about herself. And she's like, oh my gosh, you, you guys are this and that. And, you know, this is a sin. And, and she, she just starts preaching, you know. And then this other friend, she's just silent the entire time. So, of course, I would feel shut down and I would be like, oh, shit. Okay. Um, Are you still then, friends with this girl? Yes. Oh, oh okay. with who? With the girl? Yeah. With the girl? Yeah. Girl. We settled everything. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I, I love both of them. Yes, okay. we're still friends. <laughs> it's okay. I, I don't take it against them. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, so, she's sobbing and she walks out. She gets out of the car and 
And then this other girl, she also, I, I asked her before she leaves, I asked her like, uh, don't you want to say anything? And she says, you know what to do. And then she walks out and she gets out of the car. So it's just me and this guy. So naturally, I would feel like everybody's against me. The church is against me. I only have this guy. He's the only one I have. And I guess I love him, I think. And I, I, I'm just going to stay stuck with him. And yeah, so it was very, um, it was in the dark. And like, if we would tell people, they would condemn us. And uh, I just didn't feel safe. So all the more that they suppressed it, all the more that it just became a big toxic thing. And nobody knew about it. And then I would spend my days with this guy. And then he starts taking advantage. And then it leads to non-consensual sex. So I'm like, hey, this is my fault that this happened. But okay, it's here's the thing. It's not your fault. So- it's not your fault. Let <laughs> <laughs> I me mean, just yeah. interrupt you there. Um- it will be the only time I'll interrupt <laughs> you ever again. It's not your fault. It's never your fault. Yeah. Okay, that's all. Period. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, at that moment, I felt like it was consensual because I because I, I let it happen. I didn't do anything. So it was consensual. So the church thinks that it's consensual. The church thinks that I apparently love him. And my and my, when my mom found out, uh, she cries. And she says, like, why did you do this? Why, why, why? And, uh, and all the more that I feel like I'm alone and I have nobody except this person. And then this person would just withdraw me from the people I love. And he would say, like, this person said this about you. This person did that and did that. So I'm literally alone and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, but I love him, right? And I would force myself to this guy because he took away my quote-unquote purity. And I can't be with anybody else because nobody else will ever want me because I'm dirty. According to the church, if you have sex, you're broken you're dirty and all that you're like a chewed up gum you chewed up gums spit out and you're that you're not a virgin you're dirty so i'm like damn okay purity culture you're giving people ptsd and then it took me like months and months to process that and realize that it wasn't consensual because if it was why was i so miserable why was i so alone why wasn't it out of love i i I did not love this person. I I did not. I just looked at him like a brother and I loved him like a best friend, but it was never like that. And he took advantage because I had savior complex and he was a sad boy and he was a depressed boy. So, you know, saviors, white knighting, and they want to fix this person. They can't and they don't. So you become resentful. He becomes resentful and it's just all messed up. So after that, after everything i am just i am in a bad place so i tell my mom i want to go to therapy i go to therapy i get diagnosed with bipolar and then it's just on and off with this guy because i i would tell him at the end of the day you're my best friend and my pastor would say like stay away from this guy no don't monica don't don't play with fire my friends would say like stay away but i'm like but no he's my best friend you know and like i want him to also go to therapy maybe we could go to therapy together and figure it out and then time passes by i go to therapy i become resentful and then yeah and then i go back to church and then he's in church he's in church wow (laughs) 
So he's a jerk. <laughs> and then I would, <laughs> I would revisit church because I miss it so much. But then I would see this person and I would want to throw up. I want to puke. I would literally, my body would start shaking because I don't want to be around him. And yeah, so I, I just stopped going to church. And then I focused in school and I, I wanted to get better and all that. And I just went to therapy. And yeah, I just started processing that. And then before that, I was really big on purity culture. By purity culture, it means like no sex before marriage. Um, you're you're going to be a wife. You're going to be a mom and like this. And when you have a boyfriend, it has to be a Christian. And like, don't go too far with your boyfriend. Don't be alone with your boyfriend. You don't be in the dark with your boyfriend. Don't do this with your boyfriend. All these yeah. rules. And so as a young girl, I looked, I was like, yeah, I want to be that. Wow. <laughs> vibe. But then after that traumatizing experience and then listening to those teachings again, I was like, oh, no, it, it's not like that. You're teaching people to not have sex. But abstinence is easy for some people. And for some people, it's not. And if they ever um, fall into that, let's say, sin or trap you you should be accepting and you shouldn't drive people away you shouldn't try and say this is a sin you shouldn't condemn you shouldn't say like stay away from this person um you should be open but like if you're a church and you're against premarital sex you should say like um we accept you but we do not tolerate and all that you know don't be like no like that you know but then after that experience um and it was very on and off with this guy. And, you know, I was like, God damn, I just really want to be over it. You know, like, when will it happen that I just lose contact and we stop, you know? And, wow, I meet another person who's very amazing, who's who's nice, who's very gentle, and just a beautiful human being. And I, I meet him, and he's not a Christian, and he, he goes to parties. But I look at him and I'm like, he's so much better from all the guys that I've seen in church. And like the church says, like, don't be friends with someone who drinks or someone who parties or someone who does drugs or someone who does like who who sleeps around. But then I look at my friends outside church or this guy that I really like that's not from church. And I'm like, these people they're amazing and people in church are just very self-righteous and just very exclusive it really feels like a marketing scheme at this point but so yeah and then when i meet this other guy i'm automatically detached from this other guy and i'm like i don't want to ever see you again and then we lose contact and that's it and then it was it happened very fast that i meet this really nice person and then with this person also i haven't i see how life is outside church so i used to be that girl like Ew, I don't want to drink. I don't want to party. <laughs> Y'all sinners. Y'all, ew. Ugh. But then, like, I'm hanging out with this guy and I understand, like, why people drink or why people party and how it is and how life really is outside church. And I'm like, damn, wow, I was so pathetic before. So it took these two guys for me to understand that purity culture is harmful and just the teachings in church are just not it. And they're just driving people away. <laughs> yes. 
It's true. You know, the vices of people like drinking or drugs, I, in my opinion, I don't think that defines someone. I don't think that just because someone drinks, that makes you a bad person. But that's just my, my personal belief. And I'm glad that you were able to kind of get through all of that, especially with what happened to you. And again, just because you let it happen, it's not your fault. That's still non-consensual for everybody out there. It's yes. not consensual. It's not your yes. fault. Yes. Repeat. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> yes. but it's sad that you can't, like, you know, sue, yeah. sue them for that, you know. And the court won't believe you. Even my own friends didn't believe me for quite a while. No, so oh, that's the that's the worst part of it. Um, but I wanna ask, was it hard for you? I know that you were so happy to see the the other side, you know, being outside the church and seeing um a new way to look at the world and finding new love. Um, were you happy when you left? Yeah, like for the first time in 21 years, I was actually happy. Uh, a part of it was also because I was doing therapy and I was and I finally figured out what was wrong with me and I figured out that I was bipolar. So a lot of things that I was experiencing, it was just because of my bipolar and I was mm-hmm. gonna be okay if I did this and if I took meds. So that was a contributing factor, but also the fact that I met this amazing person and amazing, uh, <laughs> amazing person and um. It, it wasn't necessarily anything that he did or he said, but it was just like watching him live. And I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Great. And um, when I left church and I just started being alone and trusted myself enough to make decisions um, based on my intuition and out of love, not from a place of like, because the Bible said or because yeah. pastor so-and-so said so. Or because the church teaches this and sometimes it's completely baseless. So I had to really exercise trusting myself and trusting my gut feeling and operate from a place of love. That's it. No fear. No fear at all. And I knew like uh, when I really liked this guy, I, I knew like the church wouldn't be that supportive. I feel like because he wasn't from church and his lifestyle was very different from mine. And and even a lot of things that I did or how I behaved, it wasn't necessarily like I did drugs or all that. But like, yeah. you know, I, I just let loose and let go and just trust myself and not like always being constant anxiety of like, oh my gosh, like I have to keep this good girl image. Oh my yeah. gosh, like what what are they going to think of me? <laughs> oh my gosh, I did this. Oh my gosh, I cussed. So- I'm so glad that you decided to work on yourself, you know, getting going to therapy and everything and realizing that it's not because you weren't praying enough or that you weren't being a good enough person in the eyes of God but it was just really that you had to take your meds and there are you know scientific reasons behind why you're you're sad all the time why you feel empty um and I think that's something that the the church really has to work on that you shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't feel ashamed for having mental health issues because you you already feel you know bad enough in the first place so I'm glad that you were able to do that and really trust yourself trusting yourself is hard 
and and I'm glad that you were able to decide to you know let go of what was for a time your safety your home right but I want to ask naman when you entered Catholicism did it change the way you saw Catholics and then when you entered Christianity did it change the way you saw Christians yeah Definitely. I think you really have to experience something in order to understand it. So, yeah, um, when I was a Catholic, I mean, I wasn't really Catholic for so long. Yeah. But, um, and I didn't really engage in the community, but I was mm-hmm. like, wow, we really have to memorize this and that <laughs> and everything's like, okay. And then when I moved to Christianity, I felt um, a little bit freer because like you didn't have to like memorize your prayers. You spoke from the heart. And I mean, I really hope anyone listening to this wouldn't be discouraged by Christianity. I, yeah. I think you can be Christian, but you just have to be around the right people. So when I became a Christian, I had the privilege to be around loving people that really cared and that really wanted to put you in the right track and, you know, however they felt like was the right track and I I had a couple of people I could open up to so yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so you're still friends with these people how do they relate to you now that you don't really subscribe to the same beliefs anymore like how do you keep them in your life and how do you maintain your friendship and your relationships with them it's it's actually funny because I had these two best friends in church and we kind of like grew up together. We were in the uh, same leadership position and all of that. And it was so timing that while I was going through something, the two of them were also like going through something. And suddenly out of nowhere, we were all out of church and we were like, oh, I hate this. Oh, I wish it was like this. So I was like, damn. So I, I have these people with me still. But like my leaders and um, my other friends, I still keep in contact with them. Like I, I like their photos. And I like yeah. comment like, I love you. I miss you. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they're okay yeah. with you leaving. Like your leaders and, and everyone else. Your um, pastors. I mean, like, if it was safe enough to go back to church, I would still go back. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would go back just to feel like... So you didn't like shut off, if like... Still, yeah, like, even before the lockdown, I would still go to church, Taman. Because, like, I love them so much mm-hmm. that I don't really want to dissociate myself from them. I still want to yeah. be there. I, I love them so much. And if they, like, for example, say something that might seem a little bit insensitive or mm-hmm. like, detached, I would kind of be like, hey, um, it's not really like Ooh. that. But it's not like I'm better than you. But, you know, like sometimes when they talk about mental health and like they don't really know what it's like. And I feel like yeah. I'm a little bit more qualified to talk about that. Or yeah. sometimes, you know, like they say something and I have a doubt mm-hmm. in my mind, like, hey, why is it like that? Or why do you teach like that? And, you know, we just have a conversation and all that. And sometimes they're speechless. They don't know what to say. It's like that. Yeah, <laughs> I like love that. that you can confront them that way. That you can call them out, like, "Hey, that's not right. That's so fearless of you." I would be scared, you know, especially if, if they're like my pastors. Not that you know, I don't. I have no idea what that's like. But if if they're like kind of above me, I would be so afraid to tell them that 
whoa, what you said was not okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it, it has to be like out of love. I, I think they would know that my approach is not like, oh, ugh, I hate the church. But it's like, hey, you know, like, I love you, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I mean, it's in the Bible that we should like correct each other. So keep each other accountable and not think of ourselves as higher than others. We're all equal and we're all learning. So yeah. Yeah. From what I've I've understood, it was more of like your disagreement with their beliefs. The reason why you don't subscribe to being a Christian anymore, or at least you know, fully Christian anymore. So were there any beliefs that were hard to let go of, Naman? I mean, these are beliefs that are not necessarily the kind that you disagreed with, but beliefs that you were having a hard time leaving behind or beliefs that you were having a hard time changing. Wow, that's a tough question. But (laughs) um, (laughs) I don't know if it's like a belief, but when I was in church, I would think of myself as the ambassador of Christ. So whatever I did, I had to do it in the name of Christ or I had to be an example for others. And that was so much pressure that I had to keep up. You know, I wasn't allowed to do this or that because people would look at me and like I was also in a leadership position in church. So all eyes were on me, like or even the stuff I would post on Facebook, even if like a meme had a cuss word in it, I wasn't allowed to share it. Um, Yeah, like the leaders would say like, hey, what's up with that? (laughs) post (laughs) and I'm like oh shoot I'm sorry but it was funny okay I'll delete it um (laughs) but yeah um I think it's because for the longest time I tried to keep up that good girl image that when I suddenly shifted it seemed like it was out of character for Monica to behave like that or to suddenly go out and drink or um, hang out with these type of people or do these things or say these things or even like the things that I'm saying now it's it's kind of out of character for Monica because she's like always like yes sir yes sir like that and I was really really afraid of what people might think of me and I think it's more of a personal issue but I think uh, the religion factor also contributed to that So it was hard for me to, you know, let go and be who I actually am. And yeah, that that was hard. Which one now do you think was the real you? Would you say that was not the real Um, you? Or maybe like an old version of you that was still you? That was the insecure Monica because I behaved from a place of fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. of what people might think of me. I spent a lot of time in therapy earlier this year trying to identify who I really am and trying Mm -hmm. to say who Monica really is. My therapist would actually be like, okay, you write in this paper, who do you really want to be? And I would always say, I want to be authentic. I want to be real and I want to be fearless. That's it. And I want to be loving. That's it. Period. Like, (laughs) I don't want to be loving. I don't want to be kind because I'm insecure of what people might think of me. I don't want to be serving others because I don't want people to think that I'm a snob or I'm spoiled. I want to help people because I want to help. I want to call out people because I feel like it's right. I want to be authentic. I want to be real. I want to share my story because I understand that there are a lot of people out there that are not comfortable in their own skin, that don't feel at home with themselves because they feel like they're an outcast and they're in a community or in a church that 
teaches a certain thing and you don't feel like that certain thing and you feel like you have to fit in so you do all these things but it doesn't feel like you and it shouldn't be you I guess I mean the church is divided and a lot of people complain that the church is divided but there's a lot of factors that contributes to the belief and it's sometimes your personality um, your cultural background your race your experience the trauma that you've been through and that kind of also contributes on how you interpret religion or how you view Jesus or how you view God so I think it's somehow gonna be divided because we all go through different walks Mm -hmm. of life but at the end of the day we believe in the same God and that God said that you have to love your neighbor as well as yourself so you can't be a Christian and be homophobic you can't be a Christian and be transphobic you can't be a Christian and be racist You can't be a Christian and be all these bad things and say because it's the tradition, it's because God said so. When it's not, how can you believe in love and also condemn other people? So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, I have so much respect for you because, you know, by the way, you are definitely, okay, I don't know you that well, but I can say you are authentic it really doesn't seem like you are good just for people's approval. So I think you, you've you kind of got that covered already. I think you've achieved the Monica that you've been wanting to become. Thank you. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, I understand that must have been so hard to accept and to come to terms with. Um, was there new things that you learned Apart from, you know, that we should um, love everybody and that it's okay to drink and that, you know, you don't believe in purity culture anymore. Were there other things that you realized upon leaving all of those things behind? Um, there's this one thing I learned, but I, I, I'm not sure it applies to your question, but a lot of people turn to religion because they want to feel like they're understood. They want to feel like they're seen. So like, for example, astrology or psychology, it's all for trying to understand yourself and others. So um, sometimes I even wonder, like, is religion really made up by men in order to understand people? Or is it like from God? A lot of questions, honestly. (laughs) Like, um, is love earned or is it free? Do you have to work to earn love or is it freely given, you know? And in my podcast, I actually want to interview a pastor and ask all these questions. So maybe yeah. I'll make it happen. Ooh, okay. I'll one listen day. to that. Yeah. <laughs> make it happen, please. <laughs> yeah. But also, I want to ask, like, how did it change how you view faith, your faith? with everything that's happened to you, how do you view religion and your own spirituality? I'm really not, like, I don't really like the term religion anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more on spirituality, you know, more on working on yourself and questioning what you really believe in, like, face-to-face with yourself. Like, why do I really believe in this? Do I really believe in this because I was born into it? Or do I really believe it because it's real to me? Do I believe in purity culture because my pastor's wife said so? Or is it because what I really want to do? A lot of questions, a lot of learnings also. 
Wait, I forgot your question. Damn. Like, I was like, keep on going. And I was like, what's your question again? <laughs> I think from what I've understood just now is that it opened a lot more questions for you to ask. I don't even think there's an answer to my question, but more of like, it has really just clarified what questions to ask now for you. How do you, okay, I, I'm I'm kind of hesitating to ask because I feel like you're more rooted in Christianity than in Islam. Would you say that all of these religions and these faith systems, do you have like a part of yourself is Islam and then a part is Christian, like a really, really tiny part is Catholic? And I also want to ask you about new age, but I'll just ask you after this. But yeah, what, what I'm trying to say is, are you kind of a combination of all of these religions? Or do you kind of see yourself as more of like 90% Christian? Um, I'd like to believe that I am more like uh, 80% Christian and 20% new age. Wow. Well, yeah, okay. I'm, um, I'm big on, you know letting loose now like I I want people to be free and feel at home with themselves a lot of religions have restrictions and yeah um you know they suppress a certain gender or they suppress women like women shouldn't mm. do this women should do that do that but anyway yeah 90 or 80 Christian and 20 yeah. or 10 New age. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> okay, I wanna I wanna ask you now about new age. I'm I'm really not familiar with it at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you talk about kind of why why new age? Um, honestly, it started with YouTube. Yeah. When I was in that um toxic situationship that I mentioned, um, there was a recommended video on my YouTube that like tarot card reading. What's gonna happen? next like that and then i was like okay i'll watch it and then it turned out to be accurate i was like no way so i started binging i started oh, watching other creators so new, just like tarot <laughs> the occult mm-hmm. oh okay yeah yeah so you know like the manifesting and love attraction oh my gosh <laughs> yeah but when i got into it you know uh when i got into it i started feeling very happy and i started feeling more comfortable with what I believe in because, um, you know, they're more about healing your trauma and childhood wounds and understanding yourself and others and, you know, all that. So I open up to my therapist like, hey, so I'm starting to watch tarot readings. And she's like, oh, no, don't watch that. No, that's that's bad. That's a bad spirit. So I'm like, really? Okay. And then I go home and try to abstain from it for a week, but I couldn't. I couldn't resist it, so I started watching more. <laughs> and then I, I kept watching, and I was like, maybe this isn't right. Maybe it really isn't. But, you know, the one of the tarot readers that I watch, she mentions Christianity, and she says she's a Christian. She, she um, believes in God and Jesus and the prophets and um, the angels and she brings it up a lot but she also believes in you know the egyptian and you know reincarnation and all yeah. these other things so it's like a mix and match of everything so i i look at that and i think like it's said in the bible that you shouldn't be lukewarm you're either hot and cold and you can't like just diy your own religion it's either christianity <laughs> or nothing it's either you believe in jesus or nothing so 
I, I think about that at the back of my head, but I just couldn't resist watching these tarot readings. But also I feel like a part of it was I'm just really obsessed with, you know, understanding other people, understanding myself and wanting to know what's going to happen next and preparing for it, you know? So like, I feel like I'm obsessed with it because I'm obsessed with that. So I, I keep watching these videos and then um, YouTube again recommended another video. Why like my testimony from new age to Christianity or why the new age is, you know, um, from Satan and all that. So I watched this and I'm like, oh no. And her argument is that she cites all these researches and I, I can't like, I, I, I don't remember, <laughs> but she yeah. says the people that came up with love attraction if you really like try to dissect it, it's actually um, founded in Satanism. Like the Ooh. person that actually, you know, that started this whole thing. <laughs> the, yeah, the whole like the manifesting and love attraction was actually um, into Satanism. She was a Satanist. So I, I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, really? So she's just like, when you manifest, it's like you're asking not God, but you're asking the devil and then it, he will give it to you. And because the, let's say the enemy or Satan is, you know, the ruler of the world, you know, God gave it away. So Satan is ruling the world. So he owns everything in this world. So if you like, try to manifest something, if you try to want something like wealth and all these things that are worldly, he will give it to you. But it's not necessarily God's will. So she says that and I'm like, Damn, really? I mean, like, I would think, and I'm like, damn, I, I kind of like manifested a lot of things, you know? I'm like, so did really? I? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's crazy if you think about it. And mm. it's like accurate, you know? So I became really curious, but I just couldn't let go. And I'm like, maybe <laughs> there are some things. But then, you know, that's why right now, like, if someone asks me about religion, I could say all these things. I could say my experience, but I will never say I'm the one in the right. I will never say, like, you should follow what I'm doing because I'm honestly trying to figure out what I'm doing at this point. But I know for a fact that uh, I will always believe in love and acting out of love. And that's it. So anyway, apparently New Age completely contradicts christianity and it's all like a bed of lies sprinkled with little truths to bring people in to have people engage like yeah you can manifest this and that look how beautiful your life will become like it's deceitful and if my christian girl would talk to me she would be like yeah monica it actually says in the bible that you know the antichrist is not all horn and like a tail this bad looking creature but it will try to be lure you in and be charismatic <laughs> all this and try to like show you how beautiful life is so i'm like what what is going on what <laughs> what really is going on and sometimes i just like i understand like i have to sit with myself and really think like monica do you believe in this because it is comfortable for you um or is it like really the actual truth so like, what do you believe? The new age thing. I'm still, I'm still reluctant, but it's just, uh, like, <laughs> I love how they teach about, you know, healing your trauma and wounds and all that. I love it too. All that. But, you know, 
But you can be all that and not believe in new age and progressive Christianity when you are like a LGBTQ um, affirming, sex positive, and you know all that Christian. So I, I'd like to believe that I'm more of a progressive Christian more than a new age. Even though like I I, I stop praying and stop yeah. listening to sermons and listen more to you know like <laughs> tarot <laughs> readings now I, I i'm honestly trying to figure it all out so yeah. maybe i'm 20% new age right now <laughs> as of this moment i actually really love new age also the way that you do but it, it, i'm come i'm coming more from not really thinking that it's satan's work is that why you you're kind of reluctant about it or is it more of like you're not sure if it's true i mean there's proof that it's true like the tarot yeah. readings it's accurate the manifesting the law of attraction it's yeah. all true but it's where it's from you know where it's grounded mm. that's where i'm questioning it like, like it's same as Christianity of, yeah. or like the teachings in church. Yeah. Like where is it coming from? Like is it really real? You know, mm. or is it just another like the scheme, way the way book? Christianity has the Bible and, and the history. Yeah. And and I as someone who, who does the you know, I do the rituals and everything. You know, that's not something I ad- I like to admit. Ooh. I don't actually talk to people about that. Actually, this is the first time I'm talking to people about it. I really do the rituals, like the full moon, the new moon, the everything, you know, burning the Palo Santo and then the intentions. Yeah, (laughs) I do all of that. I'm so extra, but Yeah. yeah, it's more of kind of, is this going to lead to something I don't want to be selfish to think that I'm only going to believe this if I'm able to manifest something. I know it's more of the universe as the supreme being, right? For new age, it's more of like, I believe in the universe and its power to, I don't know, I'm not really sure. (laughs) I don't really know a lot about that, but (laughs) I think it's more for me, like, I don't know if, like you said, like, what's behind all of this? But in the meantime, I do my intention and my rituals. (laughs) How is it going? How is your intention setting going? You know what I really love about it is that just making um, me feel like I want to set something for myself. Not necessarily that I believe in it 100%, but more of I appreciate it for allowing me to, you know, be be in this kind of relationship with myself and getting to know myself this way. The way that Catholicism wasn't able to do. I love it. <laughs> but I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know. It's hard. I think that's the thing with religion is that you don't really know for sure. Well, some people know for sure, I'm sure. Like, Christians seem to really know, you know, they're so they're so passionate and it seems like they really know that it's true that there is no other way than our way. And I guess it's both a good thing and a bad thing. A good thing because, you know, they really believe in what they believe, but also a bad thing in a way that they're kind of closed off. I say they, but you're kind of part of Christianity pala. Well, you would still say, right, you're still part of Christianity. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I I guess, yeah. 
Honestly, here's the thing. Um, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I um, just want to say that because you know, not a lot of Christians are like you who who are more open minded. Thank you. Um, but I think the biggest fear of me trying to leave Christianity, the the reason why I'm a Christian is, I still fear that what if I die and I end up mm-hmm. in hell because I didn't believe in God. What if like I had so the chance accurate. and yeah, I had the chance to be the right person, but I didn't and I messed it all up and now I'm in hell and it's forever. <laughs> you know, that's the that, scariest that's part. the reason, honestly, that's, yeah. yeah, atheists or agnostics or any person from any other religion can, you know, reflect and set intentions mm-hmm. and be loving and be kind and heal childhood traumas and all that, you know. Uh, we all can self-motivate and help ourselves. We don't really need to like depend on a God. But sometimes we feel like there is a higher being that could help us when our back is against the wall or when, when shit hits the fan or when we're on our deathbed and we fear the unknown. So we're like, Jesus, I believe in you. And it's all because you want to go to heaven. And I honestly don't want to be that person to believe in such thing because of a selfish need like i only mm. believe in jesus because i want to be in heaven yeah. but like if there's a god god is not that stupid to be like okay monica because you believe in me you're gonna go to heaven he knows my heart and he knows why i believe in him and if mm. i believe in him because of selfish motive i'm still gonna end up in hell so <laughs> what's the point of it all you know <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm also so, kind of scared yeah. what if what if i don't go to heaven what if i go to hell I also don't want to pray just to ask for something. I don't want to pray for selfish reasons. And so I don't know where to kind of find myself in that, you know, in in my faith. I'm just scared. You're right. I think I just suddenly got what you were saying, that, that you're scared being where you were then in your Christianity. You were so afraid. And that makes so much sense. And I'm sure a lot of people are are scared about that and about so many other things about their religion. I was about to say that um, it's safer to be in New Age because you're not depending on anyone. It's just you. And yeah. it's just the universe and all the energies. Oh so it's like, uh, when you get something, it's you. You are your own God. It's safer to believe in something like that. But also, at the same time, it's safer to believe that there's a higher being. Because like I, I guess some people are too humble to make themselves as a God that could manifest, that could attract all the good things yeah. in life. So they say like, oh, no, you know, that was God. That was God that gave me all this. All glory mm-hmm. to God. So when you manifest you don't need a God. When you pray, you need a God. But both, you, you get what you want. You get what you need. So I'm like, which one is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Do you on? think you have to pick one? So, yeah. I mean, it's the first commandment that like, I am the only God and there's no other yeah. God besides me. So it, it, it's not a DIY religion. It yeah. should be just like one based on the Bible. So yeah, that's... yeah. You're, you're with the Bible on that. I also don't like the idea that I'm God. <laughs> I, I think it's more of it's more of just it's so much more unapproachable way to heal for me, kind of 
finding strength in myself and not having to find strength in another being because you know how how in in new age they say that you know you have to find the strength from within yourself and the healing from within yourself and then i also hear naman from people who are religious kind of like you have to find strength from god you know everything is because of god it's everything is because of him and for him and that's something that i think that's where i i disconnect because i want i want the strength to come from me especially with mental health also you know i i struggle with anxiety although i'm not diagnosed um or anything but i've kind of self-diagnosed and so the same with you also is that it's really the mental health thing for me um i find that healing for me is partly it comes from praying but also i find healing in other things that are not necessarily accepted by our religion so i think that's where the conflict is for me and i know that there's so much conflict within you also and that's something that you also have to deal with now and work on it's kind of scary you know it is it really is i I used to have mental breakdowns of like oh my gosh what is my life gonna be you know because like the thought of being something so small and being surrounded by a supreme being that that's that's a scary thing that's honestly a scary thought and to think that like the universe is so big and there could be a lot of things out there and i honestly don't know what to believe in like uh science is real but also sometimes the bible or the teachings contradict Mm -hmm. science so Honestly, like we're all just going through life unsure of what we believe in. And sometimes I feel like it's unfair that um, there's like a definite ending to what we're going through. I feel like if there is a God, he would understand that we're all just mere human beings trying to get through it. And if we die uncertain and we end up in hell, what was the point of going through life? And I would think, what if my family in Iran, for example, my grandfather passed away and he he was a Muslim. I, I had a mental breakdown. I was like, is he in hell because he did not believe in Jesus? What is it going to be? Where is he now? Ugh, so many questions. That's, that's so interesting because I, that's something that I've never experienced. I don't have family who belongs to another religion. So that's such a new way to think of things. Oh, I know. I, that just made me think. <laughs> So I guess to close this, sadly, we have to end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to ask, how do you see yourself now with with all of these fears and all of these things that you've overcome, the hardships and also the big wins, your personal wins, you know, going to therapy and everything. I, I think that's a win. How do you see yourself now? And maybe what was the biggest thing that your faith has taught you? Wow. Wow, that's a question that I want to think about in the shower and get back to you. But um, how I see myself now, now just that I talked about everything I went through and how I spent earlier this year in therapy and how I wanted to be. And now I'm actually like starting to become who I want to be. And honestly, sometimes we have to give ourselves credit for what we've gone through 
Like, mm-hmm. when you're in Christianity, you feel like you have to give all glory to God because God helped you do it. But you have to give yourself credit for going through things that you went through and having these even small wins or just the fact that, you know, you got up in the morning. And I know it's cliche that like, you have to uh, pat yourself in the back for the fact that you woke up this morning because like you know life is hard life is tough so i i would like to say that i'm kind of kind of oh my gosh false humility you know what i'm proud yes <laughs> you know what whoever's listening it. right now living for you have it. to be proud you have to be yeah. proud. yes <laughs> be, be proud you know man like give yourself credit be your own best friend hype yourself mm-hmm. up so yeah i i'm i'm proud of honestly getting this far honestly i thought earlier this year that i didn't want to be happy i want to mm. remain sad and because what's the point of being happy when you're gonna be sad again but that's yeah. i was apathetic i was indifferent i just wanted everything to end i was just wanted to be stuck in a bubble and um, get back out when everything's okay again but nothing's gonna be okay unless i work on it so mm. i work my way to be where I am now and I'm honestly um give myself a pat yes. on the back right now. I'm patting you for, <laughs> for getting this far. Yeah. Yes girl. Anyone who's listening, hug yourself right now. Yes. <laughs> um what my faith has taught me, I honestly don't know where my faith is based on. All I know is that I believe in love and that's it. I hmm. I want to love anyone, everyone. I want to love myself and I just yeah. love love. And if you ask me what my faith is, my faith is in love. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. One last thing. And yeah, go, go, we're go, out. go, go. Okay. So, <laughs> even until recently, I struggled with um, still being myself, being the soft, <laughs> soft <laughs> person that I am. Wow. <laughs> Um, being like, you know, the loving, the lovey-dovey person that I want world peace. You know, yeah. I, I struggle to be that person because um, what you see in the world is that even the music, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I listen to the music that's out right now. You know, like the savage and uh, like, I don't fuck with <laughs> you. And, you know, like I'm better than you. I'm richer than you. You know, you girls ugly. You're like this. You're like that. All these prideful fueled by ego kind of things and teachings and people are kind of like consuming that and we kind of like forget that we have to treat each other with compassion especially now that we're spending most of our time behind the screen so we can say whatever we want and we can create any other account and just say whatever we want and we can trash whoever we want we can drag and cancel whoever we want and especially when you're in an industry like when I'm around like, you know, influencers and models and I have nothing bad to say about them. They're amazing people, but there's just this tendency of being prideful and all that. So when I'm around those type of people and I'm not saying I'm better than them, I'm just like honestly wired this way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like small and I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm scared of being vulnerable. I shouldn't mm-hmm. be vulnerable because the world shuts down vulnerable people. If you're vulnerable, if you're soft, it means that you're weak. But yeah. honestly, it's not. It takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable to other people, yes. to be real with yourself because healing starts from there. If you keep putting on that mask of 
being a savage, being a bad bitch, when you're honestly, like, if you don't feel empowered, you have to sit down with yourself. You have to keep it real and just be vulnerable. And if you are not surrounded by people who don't appreciate you being vulnerable, who put you down, or who, who would say that you're crazy, because I've been around people, wounded people that feel like being vulnerable is just, uh, you know, hopeless. But if you're around those people, just, you know, um, I, I just someone that they're comfortable being around with because I've been in different situations and friendships and relationships that looked down on me because I was a certain way. Yeah. I, I wanted to be like this or, you know, like that. And I, I, I felt like I was weak, but no. And I know there are a lot of people out there that don't feel hurt, that don't feel seen, but. I just really hope that they don't feel like they're any less of a person because the world tells you that you should be like this. If you feel like you want to love someone, go ahead and do that as long as you're not harming anyone. If you feel mm -hmm. like you, you want to help someone, do that. If you want to start a podcast because you want people yes. to feel heard, go ahead and do that, <laughs> you know? Go ahead. Yeah. You want to start, start a YouTube channel, go ahead and do that, do honestly. Like empowerment, yes, empowerment comes in different ways, you know, just because uh, the way you feel empowered is different from other people or the majority doesn't mean oh that you're gosh, any less. Yes. Okay, just keep doing you, period. Yeah. Okay. And you have it. your own way of <laughs> empowering yourself, you know, we have our own unique ways of yeah. empowerment. Yeah, I love that so much. I feel like I I share so much of your values and, and your principles. And so Yay. it's so nice to, to be able to meet you. I love it. Too. I'm so happy. I love it. Too. <laughs> We're friends. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh no, but I'm not Christian. <laughs> oh my god, shut up. <laughs> not here. Yeah. yeah. So where can people find you? Um, and I know that you have you have an organization, right? You have a charity organization. Okay, yes. so where can people find you? Yes. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> Okay, so uh, my charity organization named Heart Cry Philippines, actually, I named it Heart Cry because of a sermon I heard in church when I was still new. So mm -hmm. that still stuck with me, you know, even though the things I had, I do now outside of church, they're still like influenced by the church. I love them so much. Anyway, so <laughs> it's named Heart Cry Philippines because it's a cry of my heart to help people. Wow. Okay. And wow. I know it's yours too. <laughs> yeah so um you can find it on facebook hard cry philippines and you can just go through it and see what we're up to we're currently um trying to gather funds for um 60 families in a barangay here in cebu we're trying to provide them um, banig um, blanket um, groceries and mosquito nets and my podcast it's actually a video podcast i honestly don't know if it's a podcast anymore i kind of want it to be like a youtube channel a vid but like the interviews are like in a yeah in a like a podcast form where yeah. the guests are free to speak but other than that i feel like it's more of a youtube channel anyway so <laughs> you can find me um monica tawide t-a-w-i-d-e and my instagram that's also monica tawide at monica t-a-w-i-d-e 
Yes. Well, thank you so much for making the time and also being so honest. It's not yes. easy to be honest, especially the way that you bared yourself tonight. I know a lot of people <laughs> really, really will appreciate it, and especially you know the Christians out there who might be feeling the same way as you, who might also be struggling with their mental health. This is something that people don't talk about. You know, people who are more religious yeah so thank you for sharing your experience thank you Bea. thank you <laughs> bye-bye bye-bye